Welcome to Level Up, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and the faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We will explore the many adversity that each one of us experience and share our story to inspire and inform. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. everyone. My journey to higher education. Hmm, what did I have to do to be here today? How many failures did I have to accomplish to be here today? Or how many adventures do you think I have gone through to be here today? Know My Story is our topic for today and how I overcame adversity. I was born and raised in the Philippines. I was raised between two main islands, Mindanao, which is southern part of the Philippines called Osamis City. Osamis City is a region in northern part of Mindanao. And Cebu is still southern part of, of the Philippines called Visayas. Philippines have over 7,000 islands and the three main islands are called Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. I grew up both in Visayas and Mindanao. Back in the 80s, uh, where I was in the Philippines, um, actually I was born in the 70s, but when I grew up in the 80s, there were only about 77,000 people living in the city that I was uh, living in. It is a Spanish town. Uh, obviously, the Spaniards have been here for a while. The Japanese also occupied the city back in World War II between about... I believe 1943 to 1945. It is mostly an agricultural city. I remember having like caribous or chickens and pigs and goats. I even have um, a pet monkey named Ngoingoy. I had dogs. Um, I had horses, right? And when we get hungry, when I was a little child, um, I remember we just get veggies from our garden or fresh eggs from our farm. And then we walked to the ocean, which is very close to where we used to live, to get fresh fish and clams. Um, and we also kind of try to get some seaweeds, right? And the ocean, imagine, is see-through. You can see the fish swimming. You can see your feet. And the water is about 80 degrees all the time, right? There's only two seasons, rainy and sunny. That's about it, right? And then um, I went to school there in elementary and my school at that moment was called Immaculate Conception College. It is known as La Salle. I was the only one in my family who didn't go to Chinese school. Everyone in my family went to Chinese school except for me. Um, where I grew up, we speak Visaya, Old Latin, which is a dead language now apparently, from my grandmother, and then of course Tagalog. And then our family also spoke different variations of Chinese, at least two. Um, I believe we called it Amoy, and the other one was Mandarin, okay? And let's talk about Cebu. Cebu today is highly urbanized city. Cebu was founded back in 1565, and the dialect is Cebuano or Visaya. 
right? The word Cebu means trade. It is almost one of the uh, epicenter of the Philippines today. Uh, before the Spanish occupied Cebu, a prince of Hindu named Chola dynasty of Sumatra was half Malay and half Tamil founded the island. In 1521, Ferdinand Magellan, a Spaniard explorer, came to Cebu through an expedition exploration from the Spanish leader. I believe it was in Portu Portugal. He was Portuguese um, that told Magellan to come. And then in 1569, the Spanish settled in Cebu. So during those time, in the mid-1940s, the Japanese also came, right, for World War II. So you can already imagine Philippines is like a melting pot of different types of people. Now, during 1800s, my grandmother's family moved from Spain to the Philippines. My grandfather's family was from Guangzhou, China. I believe it's located in the southern part of China. And the history of Guangzhou is over 22, get this, 2200 years. It's a lot, right? It's a long time. Now, today, Guangzhou has one of the most expensive real estate in China. Um, my grandfather, um, I believe, I'm not quite sure when exactly, like the exact year his family came to the Philippines. Um But I believe my grandfather's side moved to the Philippines back in the early 1900s. They settled in the mainland in the Philippines called Luzon. Remember, there's three big islands, right? Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. They had a, a meat business um, in the Philippines and some of our family still living actually in Guangzhou. Uh, back in the 1980s, I was told that my family in China was one of the biggest uh, manufacturer of Levi's jeans for 25 years. Um, so my grandfather had a very strict parents and my grandfather ran away from home at a young age and started his own logging business in the, on the other side of the Philippine Islands where he met my grandmother, which is in Cebu. They had like nine alive children. They had many children. I was told maybe even around 16. I'm not quite sure if that's the exact number, but I know that he, they had nine living um, children. My father is the third oldest of the boys, and I believe he's the sixth um, of all of his siblings. Um, and then that's on my dad's side. Now let's talk about my mom's side. My mom was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. My grandfather on my mom's side was from the Philippines, and he was a Navy um, personnel, and he migrated here in the 50s. My grandmother, which is my mom's mom, was born and raised in Hawaii, in the Big Islands. She, her family still, we still have family in the Big Islands. Uh, my grandparents met during one of the grandfather's tour here, and they got married and had three kids. My mom is the youngest of the three children. My grandparents divorced and my mom was sent to her dad's side of the family in the Philippines when she was about, I believe, 15 years old. She met my dad, they got married young, and had me when she was 17. And at that time, I believe my dad was 18. But because my dad's uh, side's family was very strict, my mom decided to come back to America. But instead of taking me with her, she left me with my dad in the Philippines. Well, my dad's side of the family moved a lot, so my mom wasn't able to get a hold of me. And when she left me, I was only two years old. And a couple months later, my dad came to the U.S. And then I don't know what happened in between. I will never know the story. 
But when my dad came to the U.S., um, my mom saw that, you know, he didn't bring me. They ended up getting a divorce. So my parents were divorced since I was two. Didn't grow up with my parents. I grew up with my grandmother on my father's side. Um, so I grew up without basically parents, no mom, no dad, just grandma. Um, I grew up with my grandmother and I call her Mama Mateng. She was my mother and father at the same time. Uh, she was very well known in our city in Osamis as a healer and everyone respected her. Now, my grandparents also separated as back uh, back then. Divorce was not an option, so they just kind of live in a separate city. I grew up between the two big islands. It's because I have aunts and uncles who live everywhere in the islands. Back when I was seven, I actually met my mom for the first time, maybe for like 24 hours. And then my grandma wasn't ready to let me go, so I waited until I was 13 to come here in the U.S., um, and when I came here, when I was 13, I came here in San Diego, California. <laughs> I did not know how to speak English, believe it or not. I had to learn it through, I believe they call it back then ELD, English Language Development. Today, they call it ESL, English as a Second Language. Um, it took me three months to learn the English language. Uh, I tested out and then I started college prep English as a freshman. You're probably asking how. Um... Through countless times of reading the dictionary, I mean, I was 24 hours hanging out at the local library, borrowing audiobooks for pronunciation, enunciation, reading it over and over and listening how the words are spoken to or spoken about, right? So English is definitely not my first language, probably like my seventh, really. Um, I then competed in the speech contest as a freshman who barely knew how to speak English for the Rotary International Chapter in my school. Guess what? I won first place. I'm not sure if I was good or convincing or they felt bad for me and let me win over a junior and a senior competitor. It's because I was really trying. My English was probably so bad. I don't even know if they understood it at that time. But I was a very competitive, I'm a competitive person by nature. Um, I graduated early in high school actually during my junior year, but and I went to work 30 hours per week as a junior in high school. I had zero period. That is why I graduated early in high school and I took summer school to get ahead. Um, I work as a rotational worker at a local bank. And my job duties included like PBX operator. Uh, that means phone operator with a bunch of buttons, basically. <laughs> and I work as an assistant to the secretary of the president and vice president of the local bank. Um, I did board minutes, uh, HR duties, filing, auditing, and I did loan servicing. And I really like auditing at that time. Um, I also learned how to do many jobs while working in the bank while finishing up high school. Uh, because there are certain requirements to get into college, I had to go back to, on my senior year just for two classes, which was English and math, I believe. And I love Shakespeare. I love sonnet. Um, so I, um, I actually went to the Old Gold Theater as much as I could when I had time at that time in high school. But um, I was also going to college while I was going to high school, while I was working full time at a local state college to get ahead. Um, I put myself through college. I work full time jobs while going to school double full time, meaning instead of having 12 units, I took 24 units at one point because I was a double major with a minor. I was majoring in computer software programming and communications and then minoring in business administration. But during my junior year, my computer software major required me to like do 30 hours of lab work 
and I work full time. So I had to drop that major. I was like, I'm not able to do 80 hours of everything plus all my homework. But instead of wasting time and just like having those extra time, you know, when I already did um, double units, um, I took master's classes during my bachelor's degree so that if and when I continue to get my MBA, it would only take me a year to get it. I'm glad I did. Uh, So that's another um, tip that I would give you. If your school allows you to have a bridge program where you could take a master's classes during your bachelor's, you would save time during your master's and you save money at the same time. I save about a year, so do it. But you have to have a certain GPA um, to do that. Um, Let's see. So I got my bachelor's. I continue on. And after graduation, I became a manager at the second uh, largest insurance company today called Geico, and I manage call center employees at age 22 between 20 to 100 employees, depending on what uh, time of the day it is. Sometimes I cover for some people. Um, It was then that I met my husband. I got married um, just after college, had two kids, and then after I gave birth, actually during my, let's see, during my master's program, I got pregnant with my second baby. And then after I gave birth to her, two months later, I went back to school to pursue my doctorate degree in business administration, uh, concentration in international business. I love international business because it is the future, right? You have to you have to learn that now that we have this technology, globalization is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. You could work here and your main company is in Australia or China or, you know, New Zealand or Japan. So international business is what I'm, I thought that would be great for me because of my family's background in business. We have logging business. We have textile. We have import expert on from Japan on um, uh, parts, you know, for cars and things like that. Um But so when I did decide to get my um, focus on international business, that was behind what I was thinking, right? Um, I almost didn't make it actually for my degree because I got sick during my dissertation phase. Um, I moved 3,000 miles away uh, from San Diego to Boston because of my husband's job at that time. It's like 3,000 miles away from my family and I had two small children It was a challenge doing my dissertation, okay? I didn't have any sleep. I have two kids, three-year-old and a newborn. And fast forward to today, I get to help many students realize their potential, mentor students who need guidance, and help inspire students to find their strengths and work on their weaknesses, okay? I had many, many sleepless nights. Um, I had gotten sick in the middle of my uh, dissertation that I had to stop for a year, um, and I thought I would never continue my doctorate program because it, I, w- I got really super sick. I was like 85 pounds. Um, but I learned a lot, okay, during those times about my skills, my weaknesses, and what I need to work on. What is the point of the story? The point of the story is that we all had to overcome adversity to learn about ourselves. I had to leave my friends, my family. And everyone I knew and grew up with to be in a foreign country, in a foreign land that is unknown to me. Yes, it was really hard. I couldn't speak the language. I didn't have friends. I didn't have cousins in here. I didn't have anybody. 
But at the same time, I had no choice choice in the matter or say in it. As my dad, who's the one decided for me to be here? Okay, I didn't even meet my biological mom until I was like almost 18 and I was already here in the U.S. Lesson learned for you is to take every interaction with anyone you meet at as an opportunity to add to your circle of friends that maybe, just maybe, someday they could help you be a mentor. Or maybe someday you could help them to be your mentor or you could mentor them, right? Life can be amazing if you let it. What is on the other side of fear? Nothing. It's empty. Once you overcome fear, you are that much more confident in what you are trying to achieve. Failure is the path to success. You can't fail if you don't try. I don't know if you guys know who Jamie Foxx is, but um, he's an actor. He's really funny, right? But he actually once said that the question is, do you want the world to spin without you or with you? Or do you want to spin the world on your own terms? Okay? Your past doesn't define your future. Go take a risk. Go live the unknown. Go find your purpose. Fast forward to today, I have taught hundreds of students from K to 12 all the way to doctorate programs and anything in between, diplomas, certificates, you name it. I have a heart of a servant and I want to make a difference one student at a time. Denzel Washington has said, don't just aspire to make a living, aspire to make a difference. All right, so goodbye for now and hope to see you soon on my next podcast. I'm hoping that I will have a student interview on their own journey on how they basically decided to go back to school. So that's a little hint for next episode. I will see you guys next Friday. All right, have fun. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you want to be a guest on my podcast or have questions, email me at levelupbydocleland at gmail.com. Docleland spells D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. I will see you soon in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.